0: Good morning, church. It is great to be together with you. My name's Ethan. I'm one of the ministers here. I am so glad to be with you today as we interrupt the sermon series that we've been in. Some of you have been around. You're like, wait, wasn't that supposed to be Josh Smith telling us about eyewitness good news? Don't worry, we're going to get back to that. Uh, We're doing something today that I don't do very often. In fact, I don't think I've done it for like two or three years. And that is to interrupt the middle of our sermon series and talk about something else. Uh, And this year, we're going to do it four times. I'm not going to tell you when. It's going to be a surprise. But four times throughout the year, we're going to interrupt the sermon series that we're in the middle of to talk about something else. We're going to talk about prayer. That's sort of what we're focusing on this whole year. We kick the year off with a series on prayer. We've got prayer classes and prayer groups and prayer events. The first one of those prayer events is coming up in two weeks. Maddie just talked about it March 19th. Be back in the evening. I know it'll be a a schedule change for a lot of you, but let's let's just fill this room and learn and pray together on March 19th. And then in addition to all that other prayer stuff, we've got these four interruptions. Four weeks. We're going to interrupt whatever else we were planning on doing to talk about prayer. In particular, we're going to talk about how prayer and our practice of prayer is linked to what we call the DNA of FCC. Uh, Our mission statement as a church is this. We follow Jesus who teaches us to love God, love everyone, make disciples, and tell our stories. We start with follow Jesus, because that was Jesus' most common command. If you go read the the Bible and look at what Jesus said, the most common thing he said to people was, Hey, you, follow me. Hey, you over there. You follow me. You on the boat. You under the tree. You at the table. Come follow me. Me and, and we still think that's true of all of us. The, the first thing Jesus asks of any of us is for us to follow him. And when we follow him, we discover that he calls us to a certain way of life. And, and kind of the biggest things he says, what we call the great commandments. That's love God, love everybody. And the great commission to make disciples and to be a witness, to tell our story about what God has done for us. And so these four things are the DNA of First Christian Church, because we didn't make them up. This is just what Jesus asks us to do. So for each one of us individually, if you're a part of this church and you're like sold out, all in, this is what we're trying to do. As followers of Jesus, we love God, so we live as worshipers. We love everyone, so we live as servants. We make disciples, so we live as disciples. And we tell our story, so we live as missionaries. That's it. That's that's the rhythm of our life together here at First Christian Church. And what we're going to see this year in these four interruptions, today is the first of four interruptions, we're going to discover that all of these are linked to and depend upon prayer. If you want to excel in loving God and loving everyone and making disciples and telling your story of God's faithfulness, Well, you're going to have to grow in prayer. So we're going to take them one at a time. We're starting with uh, maybe what might be the, the easiest one, the most obvious one. We love God, so we live as worshipers. And if you want to be good at that, you need to grow in prayer. This one, like I say, it might be the most obvious that prayer and worship are linked. In fact, they're so linked that sometimes the Bible almost seems to use them interchangeably. Where are you going? I'm on my way to worship. Where are you going? I'm on my way to prayer. Uh, That prayer and worship are sort of all mixed up together. And that sort of makes sense, right? Prayer is any speech or thought or symbolic action that is addressed to God, right? And all of worship fits into that category all of worship is sort of a kind of prayer so clearly if you're going to be living the dna of first christian church as a follower of jesus christ especially if you want to love god through worship well you're going to have to pray now my goal today is not intellectual I'm not particularly concerned about convincing you that prayer and uh, worship are linked. Uh, No, my goal is practical. We did this series on prayer to kick off the year. A lot of you are here for it. You are here, Pray Like This. And what we discovered in that series was, while we all needed to learn a little bit about prayer, what we mostly needed was to learn to pray. It was the praying that we needed more than we needed the knowledge. And so that's where my focus is gonna be today. I, I rather expect I might not teach you very much at all, but maybe I could remind you, challenge you, inspire you to actually do a thing, to pray a prayer that would enliven your life of worship. There are lots of prayer practices we could talk about. We could talk about prayers of awe and adoration. We could talk about prayers that are rooted in the attributes of God, in the character of God, in the names of God. All of these prayer practices rightly belong as expressions of worship. But I want to focus us on probably the simplest worship prayer practice I can think of. Like if you were going to pray a prayer that was somehow related to worship, you probably would have thought of this one. Just the simplest one I can think of. And and we're going to learn a little bit about it, but mostly I'm just going to challenge you to pray it. And this would just be prayers of gratitude. Prayers where we just say thank you to God. I don't know of any prayer practice more simple and more essential to a life of worship than being able to express gratitude to God. It could sound like this, Psalm 9. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back. They stumble and perish before you. You can go read Psalm 9. He goes on to talk about all the wonderful things that are happening in his life. And because of all these wonderful things, he prays a prayer of gratitude. And for most of us, I think that's probably where we first learn to pray prayers of gratitude, isn't it? Right, Out of the context of our celebration of the circumstances of our life, something in us remembers to give praise to God. That makes sense. And some of us are here today and you are celebrating the circumstances of your life. A miracle of healing, a friend who just got baptized, maybe you yourself have just come to faith. As a church, we are in a season of celebration today. You heard Maddie talk about, we set a record with the number of people that participated in Love Month. We set a record with the number of people we were able to serve through Love Month. We, I mean, everything about it. It was amazing, the, the outpouring of love for our community that God just did in our church. I talk about celebrating. Anybody here last week for student takeover? Who's here last week for student takeover? Holy mackerel, wasn't that amazing? That was incredible. Holy mackerel. I really, people said they're going to work you out of a job. I was like, that's it. I'm ready to retire. Like, no problem. I'm gone. I'm done. It was incredible last week. We have so much to celebrate. Uh, we had a, we, two weeks in a row, we've had a problem because our parking lot was running out of room. Praise God, I love a problem like that. Uh, thanks to the 40 people that parked across the street this morning. We've got a ton of cars parked across the street this morning. So, so you who arrived last minute would have a place to park. So thank you for those people. This is a moment to celebrate. And when in the circumstances of your life you have reason to celebrate, it makes sense to give thanks to God. It, it, it could sound like this. This is Psalm 118. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live, and I will proclaim what the Lord has done. That's what a prayer of gratitude does. When you have reason to celebrate, a prayer of gratitude proclaims that you know that it is the Lord who has done it. The Lord chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders have rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. When in life. We have cause for celebration. Our first response. Must be. To give thanks to God. Maybe we should practice that right now. Let's just practice that right now. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some prompts. And we're just going to create a moment. Where we're going to give thanks to God. I'll just give you a few categories and we're just gonna give thanks to God and then I'll close each section with those words. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. Would Would you pray with me right now? Let's just do that. Let's just practice it right now. God, right now we give you thanks for what we see you doing in our church. Full parking lots, hundreds of people serving the students last week. We give you thanks for that, God. Tell God where you're grateful for what God has done in our church. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. God, right now, we, we give you thanks for where we see you moving in our community. We know it's not perfect. There's a lot we could complain about, but there is good there. We will see it. We will look for it right now. And when we see it, we'll give you thanks right now. Hear our gratitude. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. God, right now, we give you thanks for where we see goodness in our our family, in our friendships. God, there's a lot of pain, but there is goodness there. Maybe you sent a friend at the right time, or you get a mercy unexpected. God, we, we will look for the goodness, and we will thank you right now. Hear our prayers of thanksgiving. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. God, we give you thanks where we see you moving in in our faith and in the faith of others. We see people uh, choosing to follow you, being baptized, joining the church, taking a step of service. God, we praise you for this step of faith where we see your spirit work. Right now, hear our prayers of gratitude. has done this it is marvelous in our eyes and God I just just opened some space up for all the things that I didn't think of or categories that didn't come to mind but all the places where we know you are blessing us where we have cause for celebration today and we give you thanks for that God hear our prayers right now The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. Amen. And that's how you get started. Praying prayers of thanksgiving. Prayers which are essential to a life of worship. You start by just looking for what is there to celebrate. And recognizing that all that is good has been accomplished by God. And as simple as that is, and, and I know it's, it's really simple, I'll just, I just want to warn you, it's easy to forget. Uh, there's a story in the Gospel of Luke, which we'll get back to next week, don't worry. Uh, Luke says, uh, he was on his way to Jerusalem, and Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, and they said in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them. One of them. Just one of them. When he saw that he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to praise God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise, go. Your faith has made you well. What a curious story. All 10 have reason to celebrate. All 10 have reason to give thanks to God and gratitude to Christ. And yet only one does. I wonder what the rest did. Throw a party? That would make sense, you know. Go out with friends? You know. Go back to work? Only one remembered that the essential thing when we have in our life reason to celebrate, the essential first thing is to thank God to pray prayers of gratitude And, and maybe I just wonder again I told you it's a pretty simple sermon I don't have a lot to teach you but maybe you could just think of that story and remember one said thank you and nine went about their day and I just wonder which which one are you which one are you right now have you stopped and gone back It can be easy, even when we have things to celebrate, it can be easy to forget, to be grateful to the generosity of God. We could call that lesson one today. That's lesson one. If you have reason to celebrate, whenever you have reason to celebrate, the first thing you must do is stop and give thanks to God. The second lesson is harder. Because sometimes we don't feel like we have lots of reasons to celebrate. If even when we have reasons to celebrate, we forget to be grateful to God, how in the world, what in the world are we supposed to do when it feels like we have no reasons to celebrate? Here's what Paul writes to the Thessalonian church. He says, rejoice always Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So whatever it is we learn about this discipline of praying prayers of gratitude as an essential part of being a worshipper of a, a, a person who loves God as Jesus commands us, whatever we learn about it, according to Paul, it applies in every circumstance. According to Paul, we still need to practice the disciplines of praise and gratitude, even when it feels like we have nothing to celebrate. Even if it feels like our circumstance makes gratitude impossible. That's going to be hard. This just went from being easy, just a matter of remembering, to suddenly very, very hard. You might say, if you expect me to give gratitude to God in every circumstance, in all circumstance, even terrible circumstance, well, you're asking me to deny reality. And people accuse Christians of that sometimes, right? that we just put our head in the sands and aren't admitting reality, you know? How can we praise God and thank God when my reality is so filled with suffering? How can I give gratitude to God when my reality is so filled with disappointment and loss and chaos and pain when God is slow to act? And I'm sympathetic with the accusation that what I'm asking you to do is to deny reality. Reality. What what God's word is asking you to do, what God's word actually is commanding you to do, would require you to deny reality. I'm sympathetic with the accusation. But I want to suggest to you that you have it exactly backwards. I'm not asking you to deny reality. I'm actually asking you to acknowledge reality. Just to acknowledge a little more reality than you're currently willing to see. Think, I don't want you to think about less reality at all. I want you to expand and embrace what is real. And it is as you look beyond the little reality to the big reality. I mean, don't deny anything, please don't deny anything. Don't deny your pain, don't deny your suffering, don't deny your struggle, don't deny your regret, don't deny your disappointment with others, don't deny your disappointment with yourself. All of that is real and I want you to acknowledge all of that reality and then I want you to acknowledge some more reality. I want you to acknowledge extra reality. You see to praise God in a difficult situation you need a very firm grasp on reality. It was almost seven years ago I walked into a hospital room. Um, I remember when it was, because it was my very first hospital visit after I was officially on staff at First Christian Church. I'd been, I had been—I think I was on staff like three days, and I had to go uh, visit somebody in the hospital. It was a family I knew. I'd known them from when I lived in Johnson City before. I'd known them for uh, more than a decade. Uh, but it was a hard hospital room to walk into that later that day, none of us knew it at that moment, but later that day, they would be asked by the doctor to begin the hospice process because the doctors would tell them that that's where things were headed. It was a hard day. I got there and because we hadn't seen each other in maybe a decade, there was a lot of catching up that we did, you know, how were the kids, that kind of thing. After we'd kind of gotten through all that and run out of things to say, I was talking with the guy. He he was older than me, maybe a decade older than me, but more or less my age. I said to him, I said, so tell me, how are you holding up? It's sort of a dumb question, I know, but don't we only ask dumb questions in the hospital? What are you supposed to say, right? So that's what I said, you know. How are you holding up? He looked at me, and here's how he answered. He said, Ethan... God has filled me with gratitude. I was caught off guard by that response. It was not what I expected. And he could tell. It must have been visible on my face. I didn't say anything stupid, but I must have looked stupid. Because he went on. He said, I know with certainty that God is going to heal my mother i just can't figure out if it's going to be in this life or the next i must have still looked stupid because he felt like he had to repeat it he said no i mean it i've been praying for her healing and i have just received complete conviction that god is going to accomplish healing in her life i just don't know if it's going to be in this life or the next. And all I am is grateful." You see, friends, there was not a shortage of reality in that hospital room. This guy was himself a medical professional. He knew half the people that worked there. He knew the doctor that was treating his mother. He knew what all the machines meant and all the beeps meant and all the noises meant and none of them meant anything good. There was not a reality shortage in that room. In fact, what he had was a lot of reality. Not just the little reality right there in the room, the reality that left him with nothing to be grateful about. He had the big reality the big reality that was bigger than the little reality. This would be my my prayer for you, friends. When the reality of your life makes gratitude hard, and some of you are here today, I don't know everybody's story, but I know enough stories of enough people in this room right this minute to know that many of you are here today and the reality of your life makes gratitude hard. And maybe you thought somewhere that what it meant to be a good Christian was to ignore reality and fake it and act like everything's fine. I want to tell you that is not what God's word teaches. I don't want you to ignore reality. I want you to embrace it. Embrace the reality of your suffering. And then I want you to embrace the big reality in which it's happening. Because, yes, you might be having a bad day. This is what I love so much about the Psalms. The Psalms give us the words to pray when our little reality is awful. And then they pull our attention to the big reality that is glorious. Look, look at Psalm 13. I love Psalm 13. Here's, you, don't tell this guy he needs to pay attention to reality. This guy has plenty of reality in his life. Here's what he says. How long, Lord? What's the timetable on this, God? Are you gonna forget me forever? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will the enemy triumph over me? This is my reality, God. Let's talk about reality here. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I'm dead. And then my enemies get to say, I have overcome him. And my foes throw a party when I fall. There's no reality shortage in that prayer. Some of you were like, those were the words I was looking for. Some of you were like, I tried to pray this morning. I couldn't find the words. Those were the words I needed. How long is this going to last, God? But he's not done. He's not done observing what is real. He goes on, but I trust in your unfailing love. That's something real. I rejoice in your salvation. What's real in this man's life? It's real that he's angry with God. It's real that he is suffering. It's real that he has enemies. It's real that he feels abandoned. And it is real that he knows God loves. God's love never fails. And it is real that he knows God's salvation is sufficient. And so when you add up all of that reality, what does he say next? I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. This is the reality that makes gratitude possible even when your reality makes gratitude hard. God is the reality that makes gratitude possible even when your reality makes gratitude hard. So I don't know what day it is for you, Maybe it's one of those days when you have lots to celebrate and gratitude is easy and you just need the discipline to remember, to be the one of the 10 who goes back to God and says, thank you, God. God, you have done this and it is marvelous in my eyes. I rejoice and give you praise and overflow with gratitude for what I see. That's lesson one. On the days you have reason to celebrate, you start your celebration by giving thanks to God. But don't miss lesson two. Because those aren't the only kind of days we get in life. Some days we get handed a little batch of reality that makes it really hard to say thank you. On those days, you'll be tempted to deny reality. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. I can still praise God. Everything's rosy. I don't want you to do that. Neither does God's word. Nowhere in it. No, I want you to embrace reality. Just more of it. Just all of it. If the reality you are facing this morning makes it hard for you to praise God, you need more reality. If the reality you're facing today is brokenness, you need to know the reality that God heals. If the reality you're facing today is lostness, you need to know the reality that God saves. If the reality you're facing today is death, you need to know the reality that God makes things alive. It was several months ago I faced what was for me a really significant personal disappointment it was an experience of failure on my own part and it felt like abandonment by somebody I counted on and I was angry that was my reality I was mad at God because God hadn't done what I wanted God to do and I was reading Psalm 13 because I needed help praying angry quite frankly and I was reading it through and I was like, yeah, this is my reality. This is, this is the prayer I needed. And then suddenly I got to the end and I just, it was just a flood in my soul. Like, right, this is my reality too. God's unfailing love is also my reality. God's sufficient salvation is also my reality. God's all-consuming mercy, that's my reality. And all of a sudden, I had, I had gratitude again. I don't remember exactly what I prayed, but this is what my prayer of gratitude sounded like. My prayer of gratitude sounded like this. God, this situation is terrible, and I'm angry you didn't fix it. But thank God I know the end of the story. Thank God I know that this terrible situation is the middle of a story, and it's a pretty lousy story, but it's not the end of the story. I know this little reality, God, and it makes it hard to say thank you, but I know the big reality too, God, and it means all I can say is thank you. I know. Friend, I hope you know the end of all things. For those who are trusting in Christ Jesus, the end of all things is glorious. So if today isn't glorious, it just means it's not the end. Thank God. Jesus says, "Follow me." He says, "Love God," and that means we need to worship. And to do that, we need to learn how to pray. And I can't think of a better place to start than to learn to pray prayers of gratitude. So, um, so we got we got to do that, okay? Today, let's do it right now together. God, with everyone here who celebrates today, we join them in celebration. And we say to you, thank God. You have done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. And with everyone here who suffers today, we join them in suffering. And we say with them, how long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? And yet, as real as our suffering is, we claim bigger reality, extra reality, more reality. We claim the reality of your love. We claim the reality of your mercy. We claim the reality of your patience. We claim the reality that you are the author of a story that ends in glory. And in light of that reality, all that reality, the reality of our suffering and the reality of your mercy, again, we say, thank God. You have done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.